This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Brett Curry, and we're going to talk about how he has built OMG Commerce, a digital marketing agency, into a premier partner and Amazon ad partner and helps people really grow that aspect of their commerce. Before we begin, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a podcaster, YouTuber, or creating content, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you create more content in a tactical manner and help you guest on more shows. Again, that's nightly.productions. Brett, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how you doing, Zach? Really great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Man, I'm super excited about it because looking at the bio, I want to give the audience just a little bit of a background on you. Looking at everything that you're doing with OMG Commerce, it's pretty impressive because obviously you have this digital marketing agency. You host two leading e-commerce podcasts, Spicy Curry, great play on your last name. Thank you, thank you e-commerce evolution podcast highlighting what's new what's next in e-com you and your team manage google youtube amazon ads for growing e-commerce brands and you've worked with some really impressive names from native boom by cindy joseph monin organifi madison reed and many more you are a speaker you're a podcast guest obviously along with your podcasts and you've gone from all over from traffic and conversion summit the social media marketing world SellerCon, and you've really been featured in industry publications as like search engine journal smart marketer shopify blog and more all these things where if you're in the e-com space you're essentially that expert that we want to hear more from so before we dive into that and what you're doing with OMG Commerce, can you just give us a fun fact that we might not know about you from that bio? Yeah. So, I mean, there are probably a few, but there's one fun fact that if I share this, some people will write me off as absolutely crazy, but I can guarantee that nobody will likely forget me. And I can't remember if I told you this already, Zach, but my wife and I have eight children. So we have eight kids was not necessarily the goal when we set out, but we always wanted a big family and we thought four or five and we overachieved. So we have eight kids ranging from 20 to six. Oldest is a boy, youngest is a boy, six girls in the middle. Wow. And it is wild times at our house. We have eight kids, five ducks. Two dogs, three cats. Yeah, it's a madhouse. But what we a like full zoo. <laughs> Got the full zoo going from every breed. Now, have you sent the one off to college, a twenty-year-old off to college yet? At least get so the twenty-year-old actually has a sales job. He so he decided didn't nice. want to do the college thing, wanted to work. Right. And our eighteen-year-old daughter is at college, so we did the college experience. Nice. Have one in the workforce, one in college. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm sure it keeps your life busy as a whole and. Imagine a lot of what you're doing right now with OMG Commerce. I, I imagine a lot of that has been crafted for a while. Can you tell us a little bit, how long have you had the organization? How long have yeah. you been building it? Was it a driving factor of being able to have a big family and enjoy it as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's expensive to have a big family, right? I was just talking to a guy about that today. Like everything is expensive, right? Food, our monthly grocery bill is insane. And if we want to go eat out, like we can't eat out anywhere for under 100 bucks, you know? And so so it's pricey, but we love it. My wife and I love it. And yeah, thankfully, the business has 
done well. It's grown. You know, we've got a, a team of about 65 and growing and yeah, it's been successful. So thankfully, one of the rewards of that is like, I can afford to have a massive family. I joke around like when we travel, we, we, we took the whole family to California. We live in Missouri, but took the family to California in the summer. And I was like, yeah, we look like a church group, like wandering the streets, you know, in, in La Jolla and where we were hanging out. But yeah, so started the company in 2010 with my business partner, Chris Brewer. And so we really kind of started it just to try something out. Like we both had separate companies, but we enjoyed working with each other. We're like, hey, let's just try a project, see how it goes. And it exploded, but we did kind of local SEO for companies. And that was the first service we offered to kind of try something out. And then it really just took off from there and realized, man, there's this massive opportunity for companies to leverage online growth. And a lot has changed, as you can imagine, Zach, since 2010. Uh, like SEO is a completely different game than it used to be. We don't even offer SEO anymore, but paid ads, totally different game uh, now to, to what it used to be. But yeah, it started in 2010 and grew from zero to 65 employees. I love that. And, and you said that the buzz term, I guess, SEO, where everybody wants to do SEO, everybody needs SEO, and they think that might be the silver bullet. I'm curious, why did you move away from that as an offering? Yeah. And so for those that don't know, SEO is search engine optimization. So it's the practice of trying to get your site to show up higher in the search results organically on Google. So you get the ads at the top of a Google search result. And those are pretty straightforward. Well, I mean, they're complex to manage, but but you just pay and you can show up there tomorrow. To, to rank organically, there's a lot of stuff you got to do, both with your website and kind of getting backlinks. So there's a whole variety of things you got to do. And so there used to be kind of some shortcuts for SEO and Google wisely did away with those. So several algorithm updates that Google introduced that kind of squashed certain tactics and approaches to ranking a site on Google. I think overall it cleaned up the web and made search results a little bit better. We were mostly doing SEO the right way, but essentially with the changes Google rolled out, SEO just became really, really hard. And you know, the way it works is very labor intensive. So the way it would work is you, you charge a company, you know, thousands of dollars a month. And the pitch is, hey, this may take three months. This may take six months. This may take eight months. We don't really know. And so, I mean, I'm making this sound worse than it is, but like pay us all this money because we got to put in a lot of work and it may or may not work, right? Obviously, the pitch was a little more compelling, but um, it's just hard, right? Where with ads, we know what to do there, right? If you got a compelling offer, you got a compelling landing page, you got a good product, we can turn on ads and scale up or down based on what you need. And it's quick and it's responsive. And so I still believe in SEO, but it was hard to keep up and also hard to scale a department, an SEO department. So we shifted to all paid ads in like 2017, 18, something like that. Yeah, and that's what I'm curious about because a lot of people, they hear about SEO and we've been hearing about it for years now and it, everybody's like, oh, that's all I need. Or they say, oh, all I need is a website or mm -hmm. they, they think that's going to get them business immediately. But the reality of it is there's so many factors that go into the back end of not, not just a website or the digital world, but especially the e-com world. How are you recommending people set themselves aside and kind of stand out on the baseline level and then head into the paid ads piece? Yeah, so I think it all ultimately comes down to you know making sure your product is differentiated and whether that's a physical product. So we work primarily with e-commerce companies. So like Groove Life, the silicone wedding ring that I'm wearing right now, or a belt that I'm wearing right now, or a native deodorant, you know, that they're a client. And so work a lot with physical product companies, but the same is true with your service or your 
you know, if you're generating leads for something, right, is what you're offering clearly better than something else? And do you have that unique selling proposition? So do you have the foundation of a good product, good service? Then you have the clarity of a unique selling proposition. Can you clearly articulate in an ad why someone should care, why someone should click, why someone should check out your business? And then do you have a, a landing page and it does not have to be complex. You could use something like ClickFunnels or if you're in the Shopify world, Zipify pages, right, to create a lander that differentiates your product or service and has like a solid headline and an offer and some user-generated content or social proof of some kind, right? So that has to be there if the clear differentiator, the good product, and then do you know your market? Like, do you really know the market you're trying to serve? So I think that's where people get into trouble too. It's like, well, I'm just going to sell this thing because a lot of people buy this thing, right? I'm, I'm going to sell. Well, what's a product you bought recently, Zach? Let's just let's have fun and pick a product. I mean, obviously, an energy drink. I like live energy on. Drink. Let me not let me not show the branding. Sorry, <laughs> there you go. not real. That. So we're selling an energy drink. We just want to. Lots of people buy energy drinks. Let's just sell it. Whoa! But to who? Like, is this someone who? is health conscious. So we got to really be clear about the ingredients and we're going to lean into that. And it, because people know that some energy drinks are dangerous or is this like, no, I don't care. We're going after teenagers and they're edgy and they just want energy, you know? So who are we selling to? So is the product really good? Are we clearly differentiating it? And who are we trying to reach? Because that's going to make everything clearer than when you start your ad campaigns. And so, so th those are kind of the foundations from a really you know high perspective. So I'm curious, what got you driving forward and wanting to get more of that online digital marketing side? Is there something that really interests you years ago before you started the company? Yeah. So oddly enough, I have been a marketing junkie for a long time. I remember as a kid seeing, and this will date me a little bit, I'm 42, just to remove that mystery, but Ginsu Knives. I don't know if you remember Ginsu Knives, Zach, but the old infomercials. Everybody had to have show. them, man. Everybody yeah. had to have them. Absolutely. Just bought, I actually never owned any until recently we bought an investment property that we're going to turn into an Airbnb. And kid you not, we were in the kitchen, like just looking around and there were Ginsu knives and someone left. We're like, whoa, they actually looked pretty rough. They were in bad shape, but I was so happy to see Ginsu. Anyway, but the Ginsu knife infomercial where it show, you know, Ginsu knife cutting through an aluminum can and then slicing through a tomato and then cutting who knows what else. But I just remember thinking, that's the coolest knife I've ever seen. And I wonder who makes these videos, right? And then I always like kind of liked ads. And I've always been fascinated by why do people buy Nike versus, you know, Reebok? Or why does someone buy Adidas versus Puma? Or why does someone buy this brand of tire? Like I've just always been curious about consumer behavior. So that kind of drove my interest. And then I actually got into radio business in college. I was selling radio ads while I was in college. And then kind of learned TV kind of on a local level. And then Actually, I actually had a, I picked up a client who's been consulting out of college and was helping this company with some of their marketing and stuff. And they said, Hey, do you know SEO? I said, No, I don't. I don't know anything about it. And they're like, Well, we'll pay you to learn it. And I said, Sure. And so then started learning SEO and really became fascinated with the idea of search intent. So if someone searches, you know, leather sofa versus discount leather sofa versus handmade leather sofa, what are they looking for, right? And so then how do we craft the ad or position our product based on what someone's searching? So I fell in love with search marketing, right? And then that led to Google ads and things like that. But really, I think it stemmed from a fascination with people and why they buy and a love for marketing. And then once I got into it, you know, realizing that you can track so much online, even with the privacy changes and iOS 14, 
coming out that's really impacted tracking, you still kind of know what's going on, right? Where you know, before I used to do some TV ads for car dealerships and you know, I'd check in and be like, whoa, how are things going? Uh, good. We got traffic on the lot. We're selling cars. Great. Where's it coming from? We, we don't know. You know, we'll ask the salespeople to ask customers coming on the lot, but customers don't know, right? Or one of our one of my favorites was when when the salesperson would ask a customer, like, hey, where'd you hear about us? And the customer's like, saw your TV ad. And we're like, well, that's interesting because we're not running TV right now. So, you know, so that's just really imprecise ways to measure. But with online marketing, you can track a lot of it. And so that was always cool. That was cool for me too, is being able to really measure the impact. How many more people click this ad versus that ad? How many more people opt in to this page versus that page or this headline versus that headline? So that was fascinating to me. And yeah, just really fell in love with online marketing. So it sounds to me like you're a nerd. And you uh, have totally. all these, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's funny because what it boils down to, and this is something that I've always been fascinated about with uh, marketing, there's so much psychology that goes into understanding the person and the human nature attached to what they're looking for, how they're searching, what products they're looking for, what catches, what doesn't catch. Do you have a background in that world at all? Or were you just like fascinated by how all of a sudden it started clicking with folks? Yeah, really just fascinated. Just started learning. So so actually, as I was selling radio ads in college, I changed my major to marketing and advertising. And, and that helped to a certain degree. I learned how to manage my own time and how to manage projects. And I did have a few good professors that, that really talked about product positioning and things like that. But yeah, it was kind of just this innate fascination with people and products. And then selling radio and then change my major in college. I was like, hey, marketing is like, it's the life for me, man. This fits my personality. Nice. That's awesome. And obviously, a, a lot of this, we talked a little bit before we got live, is that brand. You did a little bit of a rebrand with the company. I laughed about one of your podcasts being a Spicy Curry podcast play off of it. Yep. How much is that piece of it and your brand and putting, obviously, Spicy Curry, it's a play off yours, my company, Nightly Productions and Night and the whole mm -hmm. piece. I have armor tattooed on me, right? It's all about that yep. brand as a whole. How much of that goes into what you're talking about of putting yourself into the brand as you're moving forward? Yeah, in terms of, are you talking specifically the brand that is OMG? Or do you mean when we're working with a client and helping them grow, how important is their brand? Just Both, because I imagine OMG yeah. has a lot to it, right? So you build a brand and you, you, know, you went through that rebrand. So yeah. it is a big piece of you into that. But also when you talk to clients, how important is it? Yeah. Yeah. So the rebrands and so, yeah, we were kind of joking around. It's like, because my business partner and I started this as kind of a project in 2010, we're like, well, let's just try this thing and see what happens. Like our name was online marketing giant. We'll help you become a giant online. Right. So like, we did not think about this name for very long. We just did it. Right. And so then as we were like, Dude, we're actually pretty good at this and this is working, everyone started calling us OMG because online marketing giant is a mouthful. And so we're like, Hey, just, we just need a rebrand. So OMG con and we were working by the time we looked at a rebrand, we were almost all D2C e-commerce, direct-to-consumer e-commerce. So we're like, hey, OMG Commerce fits. It's a cool brand. So I think brand is really, really important, right? The brand shows kind of who you are and who you're for, you know, because as someone, I think someone wants to see themselves in the product or service they're about to buy, right? Where they can picture themselves utilizing it. They associate who they are, or who they aspire to be with your product or your service, right? Brands like mine work with OMG Commerce, right? Or people like me, you know, buy this type of car or this type of coffee or this type of food or whatever. Even if someone's not thinking about that specifically, it's in the, it's in the back of their mind, right? So brand really impacts everything. Brand impacts the story. It impacts the positioning. 
I've always been a, a real believer in kind of direct response marketing. So, so running ads to get a response, to get someone to, you know, back in the old days to call uh, or to click or to buy or to take action. So I like direct response, but brand still plays a part of that, right? And and, and a brand that that someone feels good about may, makes a big difference. And so we talk about that a lot. Like our discovery process with a new client, we're really trying to figure out what does separate you apart and who is your customer so that we can find more of them online and you know what landing pages are converting and things like that. So we're not a branding agency per se. So we're not going to come in and redo someone's logo or or help them redo their brand. But we really talk about like we're, we're brand accelerators, right? Or brand builders where we do have a lot of companies that, that say they sell on their own store and they want to sell on Amazon. We'll make sure they've got a good brand presentation on Amazon. So Amazon storefront and Amazon product detail pages. Because a lot of times we'll just throw up products on Amazon and then it, it just looks like an Amazon product and not like their brand, right? So we think, you know, branding is important um, even on Amazon. And so, yeah, I think ultimately marketing comes down to branding and positioning and then offers, you know, and so it's a big part of what we do. Yeah, I think it's really big to see that piece of it, especially now in, in the e-com space. When you think about the saturation, especially post-COVID, right? Everybody went digital, everybody went virtual, and totally. it really kind of became a very saturated market. Is there a resource that you've turned to over the years or a resource you'd recommend for a small business owner that is interested in learning more about this as uh, maybe before they dive in or as a lead into what you're doing? Learning more about branding. Branding, e-com, the digital marketing side of things is one that you that stood up over the years to you that you really liked. Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll talk kind of brand first. So brand and business building first. There's a great book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. I don't know if you've heard of it or read that, Zach. I've read it like 18 times and it took oh. me till time 18 to understand it all really well. <laughs> it's a great book. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the basic premise and there's a lot to it. And you need to go read it. But it's also a fun read, right? Donald Miller, he's actually written several other books, some spiritual books and stuff that I read back in youth group and stuff. But then this book is all business. But, you know, he talks about how the hero of every brand story is not you and it's not your product. The hero is your customer, right? And your brand and your product or your service, it's like the Sherpa, right? And the Sherpa is the native folks in Nepal who can who help other people climb Mount Everest, right? So your product, your brand, it's like a Sherpa. You're helping your customer, your prospect become a hero. Anyway, it's fascinating. It's a really good read. So that's one I recommend. For just better communication, I like a book called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath, brothers, Chip and Dan Heath. And it's phenomenal. So it'll help you with better headlines, better like understanding you know, the psychology of why people respond to, to, to one thing versus another, right? And there's a fascinating story in there about the Don't Mess With Texas ad campaign, right? So Texas had a big, I'll just tell this, it'll take like 15 seconds. Texas had a big problem with littering, right? And so, but, you know, the, the stereotypical Texan, good old boy, tough, like if you just post signs that say you'll get fined if you litter, that's like telling them to bring it on. That's like, nobody oh, worries really? about that. Over there. Uh, that makes me want to litter more, right? You're going to threaten <laughs> me. I'm going to litter more, right? So I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody came with this idea is like, no, no, no. We need to associate Texas toughness with not littering. And so that's where they came up with, they had these defensive linemen for the Cowboys and they were shown like crushing beer cans and like, Hey, 
You see someone litter, you tell them next time, don't mess with Texas. And they threw and they throw the trash in the trash can. So they're flipping it, right? Where we're like, to be a tough guy means we don't litter, right? Whereas like just a fine just creates resistance. Anyway, it's fascinating. So recommend that book highly. And then in, in terms of e-commerce, you know, there's a couple of blogs and a couple of resources I would recommend. My buddy Ezra Firestone, I, he and I have collaborated on some content. So if you want to learn Google ads or performance max or YouTube ads or some courses that he and I did together, smartmarketer.com. But there's also some free resources there too. So that's a great resource, smartmarketer.com. And then I've got some people I follow on Twitter, my buddy, Nick Shackelford. There's some other great people in the e-com space, a guy named Nick Sharma. There's a newsletter called the 2 p.m. newsletter, like like the number 2 p.m. because that's when it comes out. But it's all about D2C e-commerce. It's really, really good. It's free. So those are a few that I'd start with. That's funny. 2 p.m. because it comes out at 2 p.m. So simple, but it's funny. <laughs> it's like, like, <laughs> it's like 2 p.m. What does this mean? Is this prime? You know, what, yeah, it's like, no, it comes out at 2 p.m. Oh, okay, yeah, I got yeah, it. Totally yeah, makes sense. Really. No, I love it. And the Donald Miller book was a phenomenal one. And one of my favorite correlations to that piece is thinking of yourself as Yoda to the Luke Skywalker as your client. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That correlation um, makes so much sense to me because I think too many, too often, we want to put ourselves in the forefront and as our totally. brand, we step forward, but we want to highlight ourselves, not highlight what we can necessarily do for as a guide, right? As that right. Sherpa. Um, yep. And I absolutely love that piece of that book because it makes yep. so much sense once you understand that correlation, right? Sherpa or Yoda. Yeah. You're not the hero. You're not the hero in the story. Your prospect is, your customer is. And when we understand that, it shifts everything. We still want to mm-hmm. we still want to show why we're great, but for a different reason. We want to show why we're great so that they have confidence that, that they can get what they want, right? So that they're on this journey, this Mount Everest journey, and like, here's how we can help you in that process. So yeah, very powerful. Yeah. And I think there's a great balance there that a lot of people don't understand because in my space coming from government work, the military, you're told you don't put yourself out there, right? You hide yourself. A lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs don't want to put themselves out there and they push something big out there where it's, oh, here's the company, buy from the company. But that personalization of the brand attached to Mm -hmm. it, and you're on video, we're on video right now. I see a lot of your videos coming out. Putting yourself forward like that and highlighting yourself, is that something that you're seeing as you're doing more in the paid ads? I saw video is something that paid ads are using a lot of now where it's really highlighting the business owner, the individual, promoting their brand, promoting the company, and that's actually doing really well in advertising now? Is that still our marketing as a whole? Is that still a big piece? Yeah. Yeah. Video is extremely powerful. And, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, it's similar case. So yeah, you know, military community, right? It's like, Hey, you're not bragging, right? That's not cool. Like we're part of a bigger piece, right? So yeah, you don't want to brag at all, right? I come, I come from a faith community, which I love and still part of, but it's like, got to be humble, right? That's the thing. Like you don't want to toot your own horn and stuff, which there's value there, right? You don't want to be braggadocious. And if someone else can brag on you, that's even better. But like, if we don't say who we are and why we're great and why we can help you, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. And if we think about that Sherpa example or that Yoda example, Yoda is saying like, I just want you to believe me because I want to help you, right? Not just because I want to be a superstar, but video extremely powerful. So I remember one of the biggest wake up calls for me was I'd started in radio, started doing some TV. And I was a believer in testimonials, like like real customer testimonials. So for this car dealership I was working with, we started just bringing in real customers and interviewing them. And then we edited these interviews and made commercials. And they were great and they worked. 
And I remember hearing from a couple of the people, the couple of the customers, they were like, I told me afterwards, like, man, every time I go to the gas station, someone's like, aren't you the one on that, that Chevrolet commercial? Like, I see that all the time. And there's just, there was a celebrity factor almost, like local celebrity factor of being on TV. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't happen with radio. I like radio too. Radio's fun. Like, that, that's how I cut my teeth on marketing. But video, video is super powerful. And so then as I got into SEO and search and stuff like that, and then discovered YouTube and discovered that, wow, YouTube's like, the celebrity factor of TV, but the targeting of search marketing, right? Query-based marketing, because people search on YouTube a lot. It's like, man, this is an awesome thing. And so, yeah, we do a lot with YouTube. We do a lot with video on Amazon. There's some what's called sponsored brand video on Amazon, which is very powerful. So nothing really has the ability to both grab attention and convince and demonstrate a product or service like video. And it's only becoming stronger, right? And I think short form is great. It's like your TikTok type videos, Instagram reels, videos on Facebook. On YouTube, we're seeing slightly longer form work. So like minute to three and a half minute videos are doing pretty good. And then, you know, organic YouTube, you you can have, you know, 10 minute to 30 minute shows that do quite well. So yeah, video is only going to increase in its power and popularity. So yeah, big believer in both Organic video, paid ad video, long form, short form, all it's powerful. Yeah, and I think that to your point, I mean, it's just going to keep getting more important, more powerful attached to your marketing piece. And you think my best example of this is as you're marketing yourself, brand yourself, you think like Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. Tony Robbins owns what, 90 different companies or something like that. But nobody knows like Tony Robbins is like Tony Robbins. That's mm-hmm. selling himself as that brand. Have you seen that piece of it where there's like the personal brand is taking over the business brand or do you see brands really driving forward in the e-commerce space? Like, and I kind of go back to that branding piece of it of as you're marketing like Starbucks, it's the environment, right? They created Mm -hmm. a culture of the environment of like, come to Starbucks, have a cup of coffee, but not for the cup of coffee, but come and have a meeting in Starbucks and they took off or Mm -hmm. Apple is, I mean, everything surrounding me is Apple right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, it's more of a status symbol, which are you seeing is more prevalent right now in marketing and especially in that e-com space? Yeah, I think it, it totally depends. It totally depends on really what you have going for you and then what you want to do long term. So I remember one of my first lessons in the power of a person rather than just a brand name was with Dave Thompson or Dave Thomason. I think Dave Thompson, the founder of Wendy's. And so he's passed away now. But back when I was early on in TV, I remember hearing from that ad, the ad agency that worked with Wendy's like, they kept trying to get away from Dave in the commercials, right? And Dave didn't want to be in the commercials anymore, but they just always did better. The videos with him in it, just he was personal and people connected with him. Those ads always had a better response. So that's pretty cool. But then you got other ads. Then you got something like Nike, which is not driven by the founder, Phil Knight. That's another great book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Fantastic Love book. It. Phenomenal. Reads like a novel, but yep. it's you know chock full of insights and stuff. Phil was never front and center, but the athlete was, right? So the athlete was the star, is the star of Nike. And that's why Nike is what it is today. So, you know, we work with some supplement brands, some brands in the healthcare space where, yeah, they've got a person who is like the face of the brand. That's great, but the limitations there are, what if you no longer want to be the face of the brand, right? What if you want to step aside at some point? Or I'll mention Boom by Cindy Joseph, a longtime friend of mine, Ezra Firestone, who I already mentioned, he owns that brand, but he started it with Cindy Joseph. And Cindy was like the face of the brand, right? And she was a makeup artist turned model. Well, Cindy tragically died from cancer. And so then 
like the name, she's in the name of the product, right? And so now what do you do? I and mean, they've been able to really still utilize that and honor Cindy's legacy. And it's been beautiful throughout the last several years, even after the tragedy. But like what happens, right? If you build the brand around a person, then you're attached to that person. So I think it, it kind of depends on what you're setting out to do. And some people are like, my skill set is not being on camera. My skill set is not being front and center. So I'm not even going to start there, right? And that's fine too. So I really don't think you can put a lot of weight on one versus the other as being universally better. It's just what's better for you, right? Are you more of a product first company? Are you a person first company in terms of like the person you're serving? Or are you, you know, like the celebrity first business? So yeah, it really depends. We've seen it work lots of different ways, but probably recently less so with like someone being, you know, always the face of the brand. But I do think in a lot of cases, the founder story and the founder being front and center does help, especially in the early days to like get that critical mass. Yeah. I think it's probably the easiest path to go initially because again, people connect better with other people. So if you have that dynamic personality or you know, I get to hang out with a guy named Bear Handlin from Born Primitive at this event recently, we we're both speaking at an event and you know, the brand was all him in the beginning. He's still involved in stuff, but he's a CrossFitter. And so it's, you know, products for CrossFitters. And so he was the face of the brand. And now I think it's more the brand is the star. But it's easier if you start where you're the face of the brand in the beginning. Yeah, and it's funny you're talking about it. I used to be a CrossFit trainer. I okay. don't know his name, but I know Born Primitive. I still buy that yeah. clothing, right? I mean, yeah. it's still yeah. that. But what's funny is you're talking the relatability factor. Born Primitive is like, it's kind of like Lululemon, right? You don't think about Lululemon as like the clothing. You think about it, and in my world, is all CrossFit stuff. That's what CrossFitters yeah, wore. Yeah. So it's like that person, the CrossFitter. Not necessarily exactly. the individual, but the CrossFitter or the Greg Glassman with CrossFit, right? He's a founder. But people don't think about necessarily that. They think about the CrossFit games and the CrossFit athlete, right? right? Like right. Nike. So yep. it doesn't necessarily have to be you, the person, but attaching it to the, a relatable figure. Yes. It almost yes. sounds like that's the way to go. I, I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that insights. I think that's really powerful for a lot of people to understand. And and I'm curious, Brett, as we're talking about all this, obviously you have the family and the big farm at the house, the zoo at the house, a lot <laughs> yeah. going for you, but you're yeah. still putting yourself out there. You're still doing a lot with the organization. What's the legacy you're wanting to leave on the world as you're building all this amazing stuff for your family, for yourself, for OMG Commerce? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, I, I believe, and if we look at, at OMG and how it's kind of built, Right. We're built to accelerate growth for great brands, right? That's kind of our mission is we're taking good brands and helping them become great by accelerating their growth. But more than that, and maybe even what I have more fun with is we accelerate growth for our team members, right? So for team OMG, for people to join the OMG team, like we're accelerating growth and helping you know people on our team become their very best. And what's interesting, just a quick little side note, I do a Monday morning meeting every Monday and we talk about kind of the, just what's pressing in the business right now. And there's some inspiration and some education and stuff. We'll, I'll talk about certain books like Made to Stick or Radical Candor, another one I recommend, things like that. But I remember one of those Monday morning meetings, I was in the kitchen here at the office and I was getting some water. And this younger girl that's on our team, she's in her young 20s. And she stopped me and she said, you know what? I just want you to know I broke up with my boyfriend because of your Monday morning meetings. And I'm like, is this good or bad? I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What do your parents think about that? And they're like, oh, they love it. They're thrilled. And I'm like, okay, good. But she was like, you just gave me the confidence that like I needed, I knew I needed to do this. I had to make this hard decision. I had to break. And I was like, that's awesome. So that was just kind of a funny, weird story, but it's like, we want to help people grow. And so 
you know, in, in my world, I want my kids to reach their full potential. I want our company to reach their full potential, you know, and, and I think we're a whole person, right? You know, career, health, spirituality, you know, emotional health, and really want to help kind of promote all of that, but more through the lens of through business. And so kind of a long-winded answer, but I really like that idea of accelerating growth, you know, business, health, spiritual, tying that all together. I love that, man. It's an impressive feat that you're on because it's something that we all need, right? We all need growth in a lot of ways. And all of us have journeys that sometimes our growth gets stunted. And I like that you're helping that growth with a lot of people, especially within the organization. I mean, that's huge in and of itself. And I want to give the audience an opportunity. What's the best way for them to reach out to you, find you, find more of your content before we break off into our Tactical Friday piece? Yeah, absolutely. So if you were like, hey, this guy didn't annoy me too much. This was somewhat okay. You can go listen to the podcast, e-commerce evolution or spicy curry, wherever you like to get podcasts. OMGcommerce.com is the site. And so we've got lots of free resources there. If you want to talk to somebody, if you're like, hey, I'd like to talk Google ads or Amazon ads or email or something like that, email marketing, certainly we can do that. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I am working on, and I'm putting this out here, Zach, because I'm partially committing, committing, but I'm partially mentioning on the show to be more active on Twitter. So I'm at Brett Curry on Twitter, but I've been pretty silent in recent years. But now after the strong encouragement of several friends in the industry, they're like, dude, you got to be active on Twitter. So I write a lot of content. Like I I write blogs on occasion and do a lot of podcasts. I'm going to start pulling snippets and lessons and insights and putting those on Twitter. So soon, You'll be able to follow me on Twitter. Oh, you can follow me now on Twitter. It's just pretty boring follow at the moment. So feel free to email me, Brett, B-R-E-T-T at OMGcommerce.com. I love it. Brett, thanks for all those opportunities to connect with you. I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, connect with Brett, find out more since he didn't annoy us at all this episode. I definitely appreciate all of that, my friend. And then this Friday, circle back. We're going to talk a little bit more, get a little bit more granular about how OMG Commerce can help us in a tactical way. Brett, thanks so much for your time, my friend. Thanks, Zach. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.